And I come home and I open the envelope and I count the money. And I look at the paper. And what do you think? <laughs> you exactly the amount of money I wrote down a couple of months ago. Um, dude, so, first of all, Irmo, thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Yo, it's my pleasure. Um, to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in. You're in for a treat on this episode. Um, another episode of Creative Contact. I'm here with my man, Irmo. Uh, we met uh, maybe a little over a month ago out here in Chiang Mai. I learned my man was a videographer, cinematographer, photographer, visual mastermind um, of sorts. And you had a bit of a crazy story and have had quite the adventure um, for the past six years, if I got that right. And so I was really curious. I wanted to hear the story in general. So I figured if I could, I have an excuse to drag your ass on the podcast. I might be able to just hear hear more of these stories. So for the listeners out there, um, tell them just a little bit about sort of where you're at now, who you are, and then we'll jump into the into the backstory. Okay, so I'm Armo. <laughs> mm-hmm. At the moment, in Chiang Mai, because of reasons, um, and mostly to fulfill my purpose in my own creative part as a videographer. Mm. And of course, Chiang Mai has a lot to offer, and that's why uh, I decided to come out here, and especially meeting people also like you, Kia, you know, like you got good vibrations going on, and that's why... Um, I'm doing this. I'm traveling, traveling the world, and finding a way where I can still earn my money and be creative yeah. and meet inspiring people. So that's the moment at the moment what I'm doing. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty dope path, man. I mean, to be honest, we're in. I think we we're, we have similar uh, aspirations in that regard. That that's partially drew me out here i mean there are a lot of great places to live in the world but one thing about this place was it felt like there was a community of people that both were good at what they did but also willing to help too you know and so um i know you've been on this adventure for a long time take but let's take it all the way back to uh young ermo and tell me a little bit about where you're from originally and um what it was like growing up for you? So I am from the Netherlands, um, from a tiny little place. So when I was a little, <laughs> little tiny animal, I grew up in um, actually a, a very beautiful place. Um, What's it called? Zeewind. So we do in Dutch, you know, we oh. sort of do zzz and rrrr. Oh, no. <laughs> you see? So, yeah, we do it a little bit more fancy. Yeah, a little more like fun, yeah. We're spitting all the time, but <laughs> yeah. it's all good. Um, but, so this is a place named Zeewind, and there's only 2,000 villagers down there. Wow. The cool thing about it is that, you know the wooden shoes, the glocks yeah. from the Netherlands? Yeah. So probably you have seen them hanging in shops, like tourists, you know? We were actually wearing these things when we grew up and we worked in the garden, you know. We actually used wooden shoes and clocks. So that's Damn. that's where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's taking it all the way back. Yeah. Wait, and so you're you're from the Netherlands. Are your parents both from the Netherlands? No. no. So so my mom is German. 
Oh. Yeah, so I'm also, I'm, I'm half German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so I can Deutsch sprechen. Damn, man, you have so many talents. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're German, Pops is Dutch. Yes. Or ma- so mom is the German one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. mom is German. Um, they just decided to settle in the Netherlands, or was it something where... Um, they traveled around before. How did you? How did the family kind of set roots? Is that as connected? Spot? Yeah, yeah. So, so what I know personally, I don't know the whole backstory, but um, so my dad was an, a bus driver. Uh, so there is this traveling heart, this instinct oh, wow. you see inside. And my mom was actually living in Germany um, that time at her parents. And while my dad traveled around through different countries, he stopped by in Germany. And let it be one night where it was my mom out doing the <laughs> boogie-woogie, you know, dancing. And my dad rocked up there with probably the other bus drivers yeah. having a good time. And uh, I, think, <clears throat> I think it was kind of, I don't know if it was love on first sight, but, you know, something happened down there. That's where they met. Um... Maybe, you know, they spent it the night together. I have no clue what exactly <laughs> yeah. happened. You know, I was a young child when I asked that. So um, long story short, I think it was about like maybe two months. My mom left Germany. So she left the parents to come to the Netherlands and literally wow. start living in the Netherlands with my dad. Yes. That takes guts, man. Exactly. You see? Mom mom knows what's up. Exactly. Yeah. You see? So, and, and that's what I appreciate a lot, you know, because, you know, like she didn't, she couldn't even speak Dutch. She needed to find a job. Wow. Yeah. She needed to, you know, like evolve in the people. So it was, it, it was a big thing to do. And there's yeah. a lot of responsibility what comes with it, you know, responsibility is care. It's also really hard to say, hey, mom and dad, there's a guy I met two months ago. Now I'm going to go live in this foreign country. Exactly. Peace. They're like, what? Yeah. And they didn't, I, didn't, I think they didn't even really want her to let her go, you know? Of course. You see? And, but, but the law of what was at that time, there was no other option for her yeah. than doing it. So I respected a lot. Yeah. Wow. So That's yeah. cool, man. Um, and growing up, did your, was your dad a bus driver as well growing uh, up? Yeah. So, so well, I grew up, you know, I was, it was when I was very young. Then I grew up, uh, I have one more sister. I have actually three sisters, but um, one sister where I lived with because my, my dad got married two times. Ah. So before my mom, he was with another woman and he got two children gotcha. with her. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy story. But um, so I grew up, happy kid, beautiful, beautiful life, you know. Um, and then around the age of... Mm, 13, 14, my parents got divorced. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you, as 13, because that's such a, that can be such a, that's a, such a rough age period. Yeah. Did you feel it coming or was it something that like no, came out of nowhere? No, no. Damn, man. You see, and, and, and this is the thing, and, um, you know, I will not go exactly in that, but no, no. The, the thing is that, um, what you say, this age, you know, 12, 13, 14, is the age that you need your parents the most of all, almost. And I think this was the fact with me, too. So 
when this happened, it was such a shock. You know, I remember that like it got told to us, and I wasn't holding an apple, and I'm not an aggressive little boy. You know, I was a very sweet little blonde curly kid with blue eyes. You know, I had this apple. I literally threw it like on the table. It <laughs> splashed out and out like like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, and it just slapped against the window. So, you know, this 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 anger just out of the nun woof, like a devil came out and 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 was a reaction so yes in in the, these next years um something changed in me for sure you know like uh, when i felt i needed it it, it got a little bit grasped grasped away so yeah young it. ermo at 13 14 i'm not sure what school is like in the netherlands is that high school yet Ye- yes so you go you go i think tw- is it 12? I don't know. I mean, if think. In the States, it's 12 years. Yeah, I think it's the uh, same, yeah. Um, yeah. So when you're 13, 14 at that point, young Irmo, what is, um, what's got your attention? Are you a young kid who's into the art shit early? Are you sporty? What's kind of, what, what do you like as a young, as a young lad? Yeah, that's a good question. You see, I, I think I was, a, I was not an out. Maybe it was a bit of an outsider, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a bit funny. I like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird kids. They, you know, they make some magical stuff happen sometimes. But I think when I look back um, and I look at my friends, like I, I played soccer mm. for about nine years, but really. Uh, after nine years, I realized that all these nine years, I was the worst soccer player of all. <laughs> you see? And I just did it because I wanted to be part of a group. Yeah. You see? And, and you're young, and, and especially living in a village, you know, there's people, you got to be part of something. So I, w- I was okay, but this, this was just one thing. And the other thing was also that coming from this village, I had like a very good friend who was a girl, you know, her name is Nita. She's an amazing soul. Um, but I was the only dude who had like a friend as a girl, you know. So wow. there was a few things where I was. I think I was. I was not the standard villager boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for the rest, just not like crazy, normal. So I grew up in a small town as well, probably similar population, but it's different when you grow up in the spit in the states because I'm like a couple hours away from New York City okay, compared yeah. to you know being in the Netherlands where you're like in a remote village and it probably feels like it what's and then we don't have to beat it at a horse but i'm just curious what's it like growing up for for a lot of my listeners and myself included that are from the states and have no concept of really what this remote village life is like what's what's life like just sort of in general out there like is it slow is it like you guys do did you feel this sort of crushing isolation from the rest of the world what sort of what feeling is it does it give you when you think back on that time growing up there it's a good question um so i think it has two sides you see i think growing up as a young kid there's not a better way to grow up Mm. because you climb trees i skateboard on the street you know Once in the in 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 the hour, one car drives past. You see, this is the possibility, and you're dirty. You you make tree huts. So so this is very beautiful. Um, But on the other side, there is of course also where everybody knows one another, 
and everybody loves to talk you see yeah and especially when you're a little bit of an outsider kid there is a massive chance that you know people will be maybe looking a bit funny or do a little bit of black magic and yeah, you yeah. know blah 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 so 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 it has two sides you know i don't want to say it's bad because you know it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful location and there's also a beautiful thing that you can say literally hello to everybody on the street right. you see if i go there everybody's like hey hello how are you doing da da da, da. so two sides yeah, yeah dude i i agree 100% i found like also as a bit of a just when you're a little bit different and you don't have a huge community of people you figure out really quick that you're just like ah something doesn't quite fit right you know and so at this point when you're let's fast forward a little bit um excuse me maybe your 11th or 12th i'm not sure they call it in the Netherlands but 12th grade when you're close to the end of high school are you thinking um you said soccer didn't work out. Are you thinking I'm going to go? Are you already into art stuff by then? Are you going to go um, travel the world and seek your fortune? What what sort of are your immediate plans in the back of your mind when you're in at the end near the end of high school? Near the end of high school, actually, there it came. Yeah, yeah, and it came because I was working. Oh, I no, I did the study as as marketing ish. Uh. Well, you have a few options what you can do, you know, and one of them was, it's called handel and administratie. So it's, it's yeah, it's marketing and selling, I guess. Is it a business? I, yeah, stuff? business kind of. And I did that. Um, I learned a lot, but it was really not my thing. In the Netherlands, is it similar to Germany where you have to kind of pick a track yeah. in high school? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. You, you see, that's what it is. Because you don't do that in the uh, States. No? no. How does it work in the States? Then? Every, you, everybody gets the same shit hypothetically, but um, for the most part, you get your English, your math. Everybody should learn everything, which is really hard because then... If you don't, if you if you're really good at English and like business, you still got to take all the other shit ah, as well. Okay. So this is actually a pretty foreign concept to me. I just met a German here a couple months ago when I first came, and he was telling me about picking a track. He's like, no, he's like, at, when you start, and then he's like, you take these different tests, and you can figure out sort of what path you want to jump yeah, into. Yeah. And so you weren't like super gung-ho for anyone you just said this business marketing kind of fits me i'll give it a shot yeah exactly there was a, well you have like a few options so it's not that you choose specific for hey i want to do photography because this is not the option is not there yet mm. it's more that you have you have business or you have um, science science maybe too but also health uh, care oh. healthcare so i mean like hairdresser yes. and and stuff like this so there's a few different ways you can choose uh. and one of me so i choose this uh never never ever the idea of you know doing what i'm doing now you weren't taking pictures at this point you weren't shooting videos never I, well i maybe took a picture with my you yeah, know, yeah like my canon with these zoom lens will make the sound like you know like but never no so so but then my teacher asked me once to shoot something and I think that's where the coin dropped, you know? That's crazy that you also have the memory of that. Of that I remember person. it. I remember Can you tell it. that story? Well, it's, it's a blurry memory, uh, you no, know? But I, most of all, my feeling, yeah. you know, because feelings is, you know, that's, that's what you remember. remember, you know, you see? And, and, and I remember that, that I found it personally too young for 
when we really need to decide what we want to do our whole life. It's way too young. Hundred percent. You see? Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you say like you know you're a kid from 15, 16, whatever? I'm like, I'm. This is what I'm gonna do my whole life. Yeah, it's like, nah. Yeah. It's not. You know, it's just not possible. It's impossible. So, uh, you see, but but it looked that I needed to make this decision, and I knew it was coming up. You know, in this year, my last year of high school. And I knew, okay, I need, I gotta make a decision, and it's a big decision because you're gonna study for four years somewhere, and this can be your whole life where you're gonna work in. Right. And and you know, discovering this and going in your own mind, what do I want to do? Da 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 da. And then this teacher it looked literally like somebody sent me this teacher with this camera came up, and he said, "Hey, Ermo." Um, so we are sitting here with with the students, and one sits behind the computer, and we're selling, doing this. Da, da, da. Would you like to to make some pictures and maybe some video? You know, and that's the first time that I touched also an, 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 a bit of a DSLR camera. You know, and I got the hang of it, and I was like, wow, you know, I, I love this. I really enjoy this a lot, and mostly also because of what you like. Yeah, like the 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 perspective of uh, putting people a person in a frame in a certain way you know because everybody's so unique and i i found photos of people directly at that moment so interesting mm. you see and and that's where it came that was like boom wow and so do you then run with it or do you say ah that's just a hobby let me go try to do this university thing what 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 when that year finally ends what do you decide to what path do you yeah. take I never really thought about this, but now I realize that because of this, probably I chose university in creativity. Mm. You see, and 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 uh, well, here is also this is a kind of university where they, they offer more things. So it's web designing, it's animation, oh, it's dope. videography, and there's even like fashion also in the school. But over there, you do the first year, you do all of them, and then you make a decision. So for me personally, I knew there was videography, but there was also the option of, hey, animation. Yes. So I had some backup, you know. Just and, to uh, trash it. Yeah, too. yeah, dude, yeah. And and I did that, you know. And Was it a local university? Yeah, yeah. well, it was far away from home, but yeah. And um, how did your parents feel about you going for creative stuff? Were they like, Amazing. They were, okay, yeah. that's cool. My parents are awesome in that, like, they're so open-minded, that's and they let me free in all word. aspects. Because yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of times, parents be like, you're spending how much money to learn what about Yeah, yeah, 100%, <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, you go to school, Is was it four-year school? Four years, yeah. Four years, you do four years at university, what are those four years like? Good. It was, it was good, it was very... Ah, oh, you know, I'm not a good student, though. <laughs> Me neither, man. <laughs> you know, but this is—I guess this—you know—I don't know how you think about it, but creativity and 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 studying theoretical doesn't work, man. I gotta get you out gotta in the do field. It. You yeah, gotta do it because you know, creativity for me is—I you can't learn it. I can't give you a book and say, okay, here is step one to become creative tomorrow. You know, nah, it doesn't work. So I didn't like the theoretical part of it i disliked it but in the third year i needed to find um how do you call it you're going to work for a business for internship internship exactly and this was for a tv station yes and there i found like all right wait a second this is cool yeah i actually went um 
I was doing interviews and videos. So let's say there would be a fire down the road for the news. I would go with my little camera, like with the car, and mm. I would film it, and I would do interviews like this. And yeah, so so that was great. That's a cool experience. Yeah. Because it also, I think that's the important part of the internship too, is gives you a taste you can either be like, this is really cool, I dig it, or like, actually, this is not what exactly. it's cracked up to be. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, and so you graduate with a degree in film and photography? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. Okay. So then those four, and where is that university? In it's in Enschede. <laughs> I won't even try to pronounce You should try to say it. Go on, do it. I want to hear it. <laughs> so you went to university. <laughs> um, that's, I've never even heard of that place, but it sounds intense. Um, you graduate, you got your degree. What's the first job you land out of college? So I went, uh, it's a bit of a different thing with what happens after college, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, job wise, it, it, it took a while until I had a job and there was reasons why. Um, something you're willing to get into or don't want yes, to? Yes, I will. Oh, I okay. Will. Oh, okay. I will. Okay. Yeah. Um, open book, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay. So what happened, my dad was a truck driver. Um, he went from bus driving to truck driving. Oh, uh, my parents got divorced, and he worked a lot. You see, like truck drivers, man, respect it's for these guys. Hundred really. percent. All my respect because I think he worked like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hours per day. You know, and you're driving, dude. That shit yeah. is hard on your body. Oh man, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he did that, and then I, I kind of graduate, graduated, graduated. <laughs> um, where I found, I had the urge as a son and as in becoming more of an adult to go home mm. and help him out, you see? Help him out with, with, with the house stuff, with the shopping, he with the single at garden. This he was single, there was uh. nobody at home. My sister left also, you see? Like, she, she left early to, to live with her friend, wow. boyfriend. Yeah. So a lot to take care of as a single guy yeah. who's out working 16 hour yeah, days yeah 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 and my dad was an, uh, a kind of guy who um, his children were his everything literally really? but literally too much almost where he forgot himself wow yeah so he would work his ass off 16 hours per day to earn money uh, and he was also he was a proud guy you know he would not leave the house where he would live in and it's a big house so he need to pay the rent for that he want to pay for us children new clothes whatever uh, study maybe help a little bit with this and he forgot himself you see uh. so that's why i came back and i kind of helped him out so we went together to the supermarket and that's tight man the you garden kind of back in a yeah way. and it was beautiful a beautiful time with my dad until the day that one morning as I said, he's a very strong man and he's very, he will never show his weakness, what is not good, but back in the days, things were different. Yeah. You know, people don't show their weaknesses and especially not in a small village like right. this. He, he, he knocked on my door at seven o'clock in the morning and he would never do that. And he's told me that um, he did not feel well. And by saying this, 
I knew there was something wrong. Like his dad wouldn't say that if, never. if it was some small shit. Never, never. So I knew there there is something going on. Mm. So I, directly, I I jumped out of my bed, and I said, Dad, you're gonna sit on the couch. I'm gonna get something to drink for you, and you're gonna relax, okay? At that moment, I walked to the fridge, and as soon as I opened the fridge, I hear a massive bang. From the bathroom floor. And as soon as I walk to the bathroom floor, he is lying on the bathroom floor. And it's pretty intense though, like, uh, but I find, I find I need to share this story because, so he's lying there and, and uh, me, I don't know what to do, but um, yeah, he kind of, I, I kind of felt his, his last breath um, in my arms. Wow. Yes, and and he he looked at me in a well. This is going very like crazy, but yeah. in one hand, like it sounds like a crazy story. And why I want to share this is that he looked at me in a certain way that he, he said, "It's okay, you know, like it's okay, let it go," you know. So he had a heart attack. In that moment. In that moment, yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. It happened that fast that he was like, I don't feel well. Yeah. You popped downstairs. Yeah, it was uh, 7.30 in the morning and I think around quarter quarter to eight. How old was he? Uh, 63. Damn, man. That's insane. Was he out of shape? Like, did he not take care of himself? Yeah, well... It's hard to the truck see? driver, too. It's you like see? you're yeah. sitting for the entire day. And that's what it is. So he was out of shape and apparently also... His cholesterol was high, but he would not tell us, you know. If I, if if now the age I'm now at, and I would see it, I would say, Dad, you gonna, we gonna go to freaking Muay Thai, you know? <laughs> yeah. I invite you to Muay I'm Thai, brother. You see? Muay Thai or yeah, but you too. I was also a bit like, you know, too young and too, yeah. too much happening. At that age too, you think that your parents still know everything? So you're like, yeah. oh, if something were wrong, he'd tell me. You know, you still exactly. they aren't human. And you're like, oh, he would actually maybe he's suffering and isn't able to share. You know, you, you understand them more just as humans and as people. I think as we grow older, that like, and like you said, the pride shit that like you realize that they they still make mistakes too. Exactly. But you when you're in that age too. It's they're still kind of on a pedestal in a way where that's rough. And so what do you do? So this is why I get back to the story. Like uh, there was no time for looking for a job, of course. Yeah. Because what happened after is that we as children, so he had four daughters. I had two sisters. I told that before. No? So four, four children uh, and everything went so quick. Uh, because we don't have that much money and stuff. Yeah. We got to sell the house and all these things. I need to live with my sister. But the most interesting thing is that I never met my other sisters. You see? But because you're children and if a parents pa- one of your parents pass away, you have to write for the money what is left over or you need to sit around the yeah. table to sign you and see? it destroys so many families you see yeah. yeah so what happened for the first time in my life I met my new sister I didn't want to at the beginning you know at the beginning I was Better like too. I was at the beginning first like 
fuck that, you know. Yeah. If, my, if they didn't want to see my dad, exactly. Exactly. all these things, you exactly. know. Exactly. But this was my own my own perspective. This was one side of the story. And eventually, my sister went, and I went after, and I met my sister, and she looks exactly like me. She looks like the nose and stuff, man, dude. I was like frozen, you know, like. Whoa. Like a snowman. I was just like <laughs> looking at her like, what? This is the feminine me. You do you know? look like your dad? Yeah, I do. Ah, and she does too. She you does know? too. Her name's Natasha. Amazing. And Hanukkah also. Uh, but especially like Natasha I look like. And, and, and that's where I met her. And she, she's such an amazing soul. Hmm. Such an amazing soul. You see? And so you guys were able to work through that. Yes. Yes. That's lucky. You see? So this is the thing. This is what I want to say. You know, it was the, one of the most horrible shocks in my life, you see. And, and uh, for half a year, I was destroyed. A year. I was a robot. A hundred. Yeah. You were living with your sister. I needed to, yeah. I needed to. I, to a big city, too. From the small village to a big city again. And um, <clears throat> being shocked the first few months, if I would meet my friends back in the village, I would just collapse to my knees because I... I like my dad. I would hold it up. I would not oh. cry. But then the time passed, and 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 meeting my new sister, I I kind of shifted over. You know, slowly I started to realize it's so fucked up what happened with me. Why me? Why me? Why my dad? Why right. my parents? Why me? You know. And then shifting it into a way of, but wait a second, I also I have now a sister. You know, and of course I'd never met her, but she's an amazing soul. And then that one day happened, I don't know, maybe it was like seven, eight months after everything happened. I realized that I need to switch this completely. I need to see this as the wisest lesson I can ever have. Because my, my dad passed away in my arms. And I know that every freaking breath can be the last. And that's where I decided, you know what? I'm not going to live here. I'm going to mm. pack my bags. I'm going to go to Australia. Dude, that's uh, it's amazing how that um, is a life-changing experience. It can be so heart-wrenching, but that at the same time that was that has changed the complete trajectory of the rest of your 100%. life. 100%. You know, and there are so many people that I know too that have dads that are still around, but it sounds like the time that you had with your dad was really dope. That like, and that he cared, you know, rather than having just like some despondent dad who doesn't really give a fuck and you have him for your, for 70 years. You're like, but there's this guy I never really had a relationship with. Yeah. Rather than your time was cut short, but it sounds like he adored you guys. And to go back, rarely have I heard someone say, you know what? My dad did so much for me. I want to go back and help him out and yeah, go live it yeah. Like, not, you know what I mean? Like, that's really rare to have. Is it like you said, a dad who's who's willing to give himself? So, I think that also says a lot about him as a person too. That you wanted, that you felt compelled to go yeah, back to them. Yeah. You know, but as it happened, as it turns out, that's also kind of the momentum to get your ass out into the world. And that's it. You see, like uh, this saying of we gotta be so deep in the in the puddle, and this is this is the weird thing about us humans, isn't it? Like 
so much shit often needs to happen until we realize actually what real yeah. freaking life is. Or if we're so deep in the puddle and we, the only thing we can grasp for is light, you know, or we're going to do very crazy stuff like throw ourselves from a bridge or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So there's these two options, you know, and luckily, I, I speak luckily about myself because I, there's also people out there, you know, like where it doesn't happen with. Yeah. So I grasp for the light and, and, and it kind of gave me this extra fire this extra passion inside where I wanted to maybe in a certain way even show to my dad like pops it's okay I'm gonna rock and roll yeah you know? yeah show it show it to pops and and also to um honor him in a way that you're like you realize that life can be yeah taken from you exactly. like that and say yeah. you know what I'm gonna honor pops I'm gonna go I'm gonna go live for both of us. You know what I mean? I'm gonna go figure some stuff out. That, that man, he, you have that I think wanderlust in you that he traveled, you know, as a driver. So you're kind of paying respects to him. Why Australia? I think Australia because this is one of the countries where most backpackers first of all go. Hmm. Uh, also from the Netherlands, and because. Man, imagine I would go to India directly. Like, you know, it's pretty it's full on. Like yeah, 30 yeah. million people in Delhi. I get lost, man, you know. Yeah. So you, you 21 at this time? 22? Yeah. So I, I left on 2000, the 20th of March, 2012. I know it exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was 20, yeah, 19. No, sorry, 21, 21. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Australia is also good because it's just an it's it's well it's Western. Still you see? English. And yeah, and you can find a job. So you get a work and holiday visa, and you can work there. Mm. See, so if you run out of money, there's options. You so your intent was to go into work if you needed to. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, no, actually, I'm sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Actually, my intent was to go for I think three months. Oh, this ended up like four years. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you said, I'm going to go, I realize life is short. Let me let me start this travel adventure somewhere where I still speak English. I can get a job if I need to, but I'll pop over three months. What are those first three months like? It was a bit crazy, though. It was a bit crazy, yeah. Because maybe I'm saying like, oh, so I want to, you know, I want to find purpose or whatever but coming in a new country as a backpacker and having all these backpackers around you know a lot how of it partying. goes you know a lot man like uh, literally and and this actually happened almost for like the two years really yeah you guys just having a good time just a good time you see and 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 it was great i'm very happy that i did this you know because i met amazing people i went actually with a buddy of my butt we went together He's a super cool guy. We we got a car there. We put a mattresses in the back. We just cruised around yeah, with some other people and wow. slept in the back of this this beautiful. Uh, we had a, gave it even a name. I don't even remember. But you know, we had this freedom in us and 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 being young and and realizing that um, it's okay to 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 kind of conquer your fear. You know, I didn't speak good English. I was like. Can you show... I, I couldn't speak good English, you know. But because of this, constantly being surrounded by English people and constantly getting a job and, and doing all... It's conquering fears, responsibility, you know. Over fear, baby. Over, Over fear, fear, that's media. what it is, man. So, wow. And I didn't even, I totally take for granted the English thing. I forgot yeah. that you 
Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Deutsch yeah, in well, Nederland. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so you got you and your buddy traveling around in the car. Three months comes up and he said, fuck you, I don't want to go back. No. Nah. And he went back. Yeah. And so what happens next? So he went back. He missed he miss his girlfriend at the time and all respect for that, yeah. man. Because they're still with each other. Beautiful couple. Wow. Yeah, beautiful couple. So it was a good decision yeah. when he did there, you know. And we had a great time. So we said goodbye, and I think I was one week by myself, and then I came in a hostel. And many backpackers do this. They work for accommodation and food. And that's what I did. And there I met my new brother, Henning Kozlowski. The first night that we met, we had some drinks, of course. Like, goon is a big thing. That's like wine made out of eggs and fish. Like, it's the most horrible thing you can think of. It's but, terrible. But we, uh, the first night, we literally cried with each other. Because our story is so similar, and he is three days younger than me. <laughs> wow. And that's why, brother, you know, like we literally call each other brother. And yeah, man, we just had this very intense emotional story in the first night. And from that, we stuck with each other. The next two years, we traveled. It's amazing to think about that, to say, no matter what you've been through, as crazy as it seems... And as unique as it seems, I know a lot of times people go through stuff and it makes them feel very isolated, that there's somebody else out there that has experienced something similar that you're never, to you're never alone. You yeah, know what I mean? No matter what it is. 100%. And so you find this dude, you guys, you know, you pair up your homies. And then what do the next two years look like? Where do you... Crazy still. Because, you know, the thing with Henning, he... Oh, man, how do I explain Henning? I... You know, they called us the two pirate brothers because we were drinking rum. We were screaming like pirates. And like he would just, we would be in a bar and he would just drop his pants and be naked, you know, like this kind of, kind of crazy stuff. So it was amazing, you know. Again, like I, I had the most beautiful time of my life. There was a lot of partying where I did all these cool things. And I had my new brother, you know. So I had always this backup. I had this beautiful experience, but we still could talk about this mm -hmm. stuff and all, all these things. But I must say, after two years, I left to New Zealand to live there. Yeah, I went, I went there to work. Um, I realized slowly that this was not the answer, mm -hmm. you see. Because I kind of acted like more of a forgetting mm -hmm. than... Uh, how do you say digesting and, yes than digesting and that's what I realized there yeah and where were you in New Zealand and what were you doing at Queenstown yeah I, I got a job as a tour agency in Bondi Beach maybe you know Bondi Beach in Australia I don't okay it's a famous beach uh, one of the most famous ones they have even a TV show going on there but I worked there as a tour guy in, an, in, a, in a place and um, they needed somebody in New Zealand and my visa was anyways running out so I went to New Zealand, started working there, and lived in Queenstown. You see? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm actually originally from New Zealand. Oh, really? Where are you I'm from? from I'm from um, Christchurch. Oh, nice. I was born nice. in Christchurch. Cuzzy, cuzzy, cuzzy. Yeah. And uh, so I have the citizenship, and, uh, and so, but my parents aren't from New Zealand. So I went back when I was 21. Oh, wow. And explored New Zealand just a little bit because I wanted to get that vibe. Um, 
what did you think of your time there? Was it was it amazing. it was amazing? I didn't have much money, so I couldn't really embrace it or go on many adventures at the time. Um, but I've been. I'd love to go back sometime. I just feel like it was. I remember being really rainy and really cold, and like windy. You gotta go north. Yeah, North Island. It's better. Why? And so, are you like on the beach? So I was in the south. So so maybe you didn't even know it. Uh, Well, I lived in Queenstown first because of the job. Very touristic. They have like the bungee jumps, the speed boats, all the stuff. Is that what you're helping them do? This is what I did. I organized that stuff. And one cool thing with this is, while you work there, how can you sell something if you don't do it? (laughs) You know what I mean? So, man, one. One day was the craziest, and he threw three bungees in one day, three different bungees. And one is the Nevis bungee. Do you know this one? Okay. This is the second highest bungee in the world. It's 123 meters high, eight seconds free fall. <sighs> that feeling, man. That feeling when you stand in the edge. Oh, is, my is, God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, I would shit my pants. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so you're working as a tour guide. Are you still, is the filming photography still on your radar? Are you still doing any of that at this point? No. Ah. No. So after, after the media studies and the things goes down with Pops, you go on your life adventure. When you land in Australia in those two years and then the next two years, um, how much filming photography are you doing? Not much. Nothing. Does it, does it, do you feel it itching, burning inside of you the whole time that is kind of gnawing at no, you? No. Not at that moment. Not, not yet. When does it come back? So as soon as I realized that I came to Queenstown, New Zealand, that I was like, wait a second, am I really dealing with my stuff right now? Mm. So that's where I, I love my bro. I love him. But I realized I need time by myself. You know, as soon as you live in solitude, you really come closer. Come, yeah, that you know? silence, things pop exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the monkey mind really yeah. starts to work out. So I, I decided to do that. And I actually started to live with a woman and she took care of babies, man. I had like five babies walking around the living room, you know. But I got more interested into meditation and this in a spiritual way and, and yoga and mm. because I wanted to I wanted to do this kind of self discovery. Yeah. And um by doing that, I also started to realize and asking myself the question, what is my purpose? What is, what is the passion I have? And, uh, yeah. And then, and then I met, well, my ex-girlfriend, uh, I met her there. She, she, I met her before in Australia. It's a bit of a long story. Wow. But she came, she came uh, over to New Zealand. And exactly at the time where I decided I'm going to do a road trip by myself for three weeks, hitchhiking because New Zealand is amazing in hitchhiking she contacted me hey what are you doing I got free free time blah 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 so we decided to go together on the road trip for three weeks was she your ex at this point uh, no, no, she's not. Oh, my ex, okay. Because so, uh, I was gonna say, I was like, that would be a no, really no, sorry, that wasn't. Like, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yo, me and my ex are going on this road trip. Yeah. Okay, no, no. So she, so she's like, hey, I want to go with you. You guys as a couple go on this road trip together, three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, and is that a sort of a pivotal turning point for you? That self discovery, those that road trip. Yeah, because she was the opposite of Henning. Mm. You see, she, she's she, not getting naked at the bar. Nah, sometimes <laughs> maybe my own bar, but 
Um, she was more calm, calculated. Very calm, very calm. German, very structured, oh, you know. Like, uh, but I needed that at the time, you see. And, and she's beautiful. She has a beautiful soul, and, and she teaches me a lot. So um, it looked like it needed to exactly happen on that time, where I wanted to choose for my own path and actually wanted to go by myself. She came around the corner to even show me this way of living, you know. You don't need to drink to, you know, right. always be fucked up or whatever or have a good time. So she came around the corner and we we had a car for three weeks and we camped like in the wild and had a beautiful experience. Wow. And she became my girlfriend after, you know, so, yeah. And so in that, after that point, you're, you were still working as a tour guide? No, I quit it, sorry. Oh, I, you quit? Yeah. What are you doing at this point? Are you just living off savings? Oh, man, I worked also between that, actually, in a haunted house. Wow. It's crazy, yeah. man. Your resume is nuts. Yeah. So then take me to the point, then, when does the photography, videography start to kind of come back? Yeah. So so that my girlfriend at the time, we decided to leave everything behind and start traveling together. Wow. Yes. You're like, this road trip went so well. Let's go yeah. travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so where do you go first? First we went Bali. Really? Yeah. After this, or maybe on the podcast, I'd love to pick your brain about Bali, because yeah. I'm thinking that's where I might be. 100%. Next. Yeah. Where are you in Bali? Um, Ubud, Jakarta, Kiliti. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I'm going to Jakarta. I have a buddy there right now. He's like, it's amazing. Bali's amazing. Especially surfing, dude. Like, you can, like, you know, this is one thing what is maybe Chiang Mai doesn't have. It's just these yes, awesome beaches. I do miss the water. Yeah. So you go to Bali. That's amazing. Yeah. Have a, have a good time together. Yeah, but very short. It was, I think, only two weeks. Okay. And then the cool thing is that my sister finally wanted to... Or finally. My sister wanted to f visit me in Vietnam. So I went with her to Vietnam. Mm. Yes. Long story short, to come back to the photography and, and, and videography, after Vietnam, beautiful time with my sister again, everything. I went to India um, to live there for a couple of months. And India, for videography and photos, is next level. The colors, the the landscapes, the people, you know, it's so photogenic. Mm. And that's where it clicked, you know. You're just seeing stuff yeah. and it's like throwing, you're like, yeah. whoa, this yeah. is me. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the funny thing is I was not even in India yet. I lived before that in Cambodia for... I know it's confusing. I know yeah. it's confusing. So after Vietnam, I went to Cambodia with my girlfriend. I lived in Cambodia for three months on an island working in a resort. Great time. Earning a bit of money. Not like crazy money. Yeah. And there I realized, I'm going to India. I better get a camera, man. I need one. How can I go to India without a camera? Yeah. And that's where I found this. I don't even know how, but I found an, a, a good camera. Not like crazy. But fair enough for India to shoot some portraits. There was a portrait lens there, and I bought it for like 300 bucks, I think. And then India happened, and there... You're like, you know, oh, this is what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Wow. And so, and you told me a little bit about India, but where, where did you go first in India? Well, we arrived in Delhi, and from Delhi we made a way up north. So you go to Varanasi. Varanasi is the holy city. I don't know mm. if you know, like the Beatles and every they're going all there. That's the Ganges and oh wow, yeah, it's a very very magical city. What's your take on India? Because I feel very drawn to that culture, and 
I like the the headiness to it, the spirituality, the food is popping. People have been very, you know, Penang has a big Indian population, and I found there's, um, I'm just drawn to the culture, and so that going there is also on my radar a bit. What was your take and your experience traveling through India? Intense. I've heard like that as this well. is, the, you know. We call India Mama India, and there's a reason why, because she will throw things straight in your face. But there's a reason why, you, you know, this is reality. So, at the beginning, it can be a little bit too intense sometimes, where you're like, whoa, you know, hold up. Give me some, some details. One is that I, uh, we arrived in Delhi and went to uh, Varanasi, the holy city. We come in a hostel, pack our stuff, feeling tired from the trip, you know, and be like, oh. Let's, let's chill out on the rooftop, get some food, go to bed. As soon as we sit on the rooftop, we have some dinner. We are like partying down in the street. And I look over the edge and I see literally like maybe 100 people jumping, dancing, partying. And I look better. There's a dead body on the top. And I'm like, whoa, you see, what is this? What does this mean? You know, and happy and bells and everything goes off. A few days later, I make my way to the Ganges and I have a conversation with an Indian man. And the reason why is mostly because they, uh, they celebrate that they have known this person. You see, instead of the sadness that somebody's mm. gone, they celebrate that they, this person was in their life. Mm. You see? That's such a cool way to think about it. You see? And, and this is what India... And, 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 and of course, then at the Ganges, the body gets burned and there's all the holy stuff going on but also a beautiful thing is that as soon as they will let the body go in the Ganges they believe the circle of life will get around again because the fishies will mm. eat the body even next to them they will be sitting the poor people with the jewelry they grab the jewelry again and they respect that you know so and that's it it's, it's very organic and, and, and back to the roots India huh. yeah that's amazing there's a uh a gentleman in um, who's part of the Nomad Coffee Club, and he's Indian. He lives in India, but he comes over here, does business. Um, Sanjay. Okay. Shout out Sanjay. Sanjay. And he, he, I was asking him about India, and he said, he was like, it's awesome. He's like, but it is very intense. He's like, they, he's like, the comforts that you have here just are not, the same over there. He's like, he's like, he's like, shit is real. In lack of a better term, he's like, shit is real over there. So, just make sure you got your mind right because it's not easy. No, nah, it's not. It's like life is not easy. Exactly. It's not. But on the other side, it's also so real that the most magical things happen. You know, like you, you the spirit, the spirituality is is the highest form in India. Yeah. And you like, and you meet these people along the way, and maybe you read of Babaji. You know, Babaji is yeah. the spiritual people. Down there, and you can just, without speaking, they can teach you so much in life, you know. And and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in India, and especially, you know, being happy. Karma is such a big thing in India, it's, and and using karma in all your actions and 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 how you live your life is such a beautiful way. And that's what you taste also. That's what you feel in India, you know. Yeah. People are so generous. They, they want to show you around. They want to take you in their home. They want to cook for you because they believe in karma. You see, so. That's really, do, you, do you experience that a lot? Yeah. People say, I'm yeah. come. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I bet you had some amazing home cooked oh, meals, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Indian food. Uh, Dude, like, Indian food <sighs> is some of my favorite motherfucking food yeah damn dude yo i'm getting hungry just thinking about it so take me back how long are you in india for um five months maybe not that long and things are still going well with the lady yeah at that point so you and your girlfriend are are you living in do you get a place that you're splitting and are you working? What do you What are you doing? Traveling, actually. Oh, mostly. you're traveling most yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and you saved up enough money. Yeah. Wow. Cambodia. Is, in Cambodia, yeah. and is India not expensive? Then I take it. <sighs> nah, Dude, it's it's cheap. For our you budget was literally five dollars per day with accommodation and food, and it worked out each and every day. Wow. So think about that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. So you're five months traveling in India. Yeah. What inspires you guys to leave and go to a next... Do, how long does your visa last, by the way? Do you get five months? I think it's a six-month visa. You get a six-month visa? Yeah, yeah. You can get That's a six-month. That's amazing. Month. Yeah. You get a three or a six-month. Wow. And so you're good on visas. What's the next step after that? Home. Home. You said, I've been traveling for a while. Let me go center myself back in the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. There was time. I mean, four years passed yeah. without going home. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was... You didn't go back one time. No. Where are you with your girl at that point? I was good, good, you know, and we decided to go home and it was great, you know, because being in... A, she was also long gone. She was, I think, three years gone. Mm. And being in a relationship, you can back each other up with this too, you know, because... Coming home, dude, after four years is a slap in your face. Like hot in or what, slap. In what way? Well, you you changed as a person completely. You see? like Yeah. And it's not so that I... Well, completely is maybe too big of a word, but I changed in a way of the travel spirits, you know, the impulsiveness. And it just gives you so much perspective. Exactly, exactly. So coming home now, and my boys back home, great guys, you know, they help me so much out with everything, and I appreciate each one of them. But I can come home and be like, oh, man, so this and this happened on my travel. I saw, like, uh, Baba G running around the tree half naked, and he did it. But, you know? Yeah. There is, they don't know how it is. So there was not that much to talk about. And also realizing that in the Netherlands, it's a great country, but it was not me anymore. Hmm. That's a really interesting point. Where like this place that you feel like is home, you come back and isn't home, then that's a bit of a mind fuck. Because then you're like, well, then where is home? Exactly. And this is what completely fucked me up. I I I got such a slap that I I need to find a job. I need to get money. Uh, but I didn't have a house even because well I could live with my sister maybe for a month. But then I need to find a house. Yeah. So looking for a house, uh, I didn't even have really enough money. So I lived with my uh, nephew um, on the top floor <clears throat> and there were literally no jobs. And my resume after four years of, you know, yeah, <laughs> like fucking around. So, yeah, it was just a very dark time and it was winter too. So I just felt absolutely crap. And Dutch people, they're... 
very cool, like Amsterdam, open-minded people with all kinds of stuff. But uh, maybe it's also the weather now. Like at six o'clock, sometimes the curtains close. You know, it's not like here in Asia where everybody's out and about and like, hey, let's go out for yeah. a soup or a coffee or whatsoever. It's so warm all the time. Exactly, too. exactly. So, and that's what I, and especially coming out of India, I kind of miss that part and it just. Mm. I feel like shit, yeah. It's also probably really hard because, like you said, you just don't have anyone to share that yeah. with. You know, it's like you've... It almost just feels like a distant dream. You're like, did that even happen? Exactly. Because then people... There's no bearing that people understand of it. You feel different. But it's just a weird... I feel you. It's a yeah. weird feeling. So are you... How do you dig your way out of that? Um, I got a job... <laughs> As in, man, it was like in, in, in a kind of factory way, you know, like I got a robot in my ear saying a number of a row and I needed to pack like shopping articles, put it in a, you know, in a basket and bring them out just the whole day like this. So it was horrendous. How much are you making an hour? Um, I need to think, what was it again? Not that much, no. I don't even know in the Netherlands, maybe 11 12 and and like it's the, you're packing these things and just thinking to yourself what I, am i doing what here? the fuck am what i doing what am i doing yes. exactly you know you you walking literally yes. like 20k per day uh, with a car and exactly and, uh, constantly again but i was still with my girlfriend at the time after a while we had enough money and we decided to go to portugal Dude, you're going to all of my favorite places. Yeah, you like Portugal? Dude, I've all, all, all these places I want to go. Yeah. India's up there, Portugal's up there. Yeah, yeah. Portugal's amazing, man. Portugal's Dude, beautiful. I cannot wait. Yeah. Speaking of photogenic places. Oh, beautiful, yeah. And also digital nomads. A lot, like, a lot of people go there now. Ah. Working. Was it relatively affordable? Yeah. It is? Because I, I know European countries are a little bit more pricey. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like here. I mean, the rent is kind of expensive, but foods, uh, yeah, it's cheap. So you guys go to Portugal. Yeah. What happens next? Got a job as a call call center agent for a Dutch company. Yeah. Xerox printers. You know yes. that? Yes. Yeah. It's American actually. Huge. No? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, imagine that doing call center work for <laughs> a couple Dude, of months. What I appreciate about you, Irmo, is that you're not opposed just like doing the gritty shitty jobs because no. i'm the same way and i think it gives you a lot of perspective when for you and that i want to move into that part of the interview talk about creative stuff for me i'm still i mean i'm still teaching english i'm barely making any money from the music shit yet but i'm just thinking to myself it's going to be so sweet when you do get there because of all the effort hours spent stock in the fucking craze with the little exactly. thing in your ear that you're like oh like it wasn't just handed to you you know and so i'm in, i'm like that carrot of just like out in front of me dangling being like when i i know that i can get there keeps me waking up every day you know doing this stupid shit you know getting out of bed early back when i was in the states just like doing bullshit jobs same kind of thing how have you been able to transfer from call center agent into the photography videography yeah it's funny to say that though like the, exactly because of these jobs it gives me a motivation to never go back there anymore yes you see so 
um, I know it sounds all over the place, but from Portugal, we went to Switzerland eventually because of the money, you know, and Switzerland, beautiful country too. But in Portugal, you don't earn that much. And for Xerox, it's just, mm. yeah, you know, not what you really want to, where you can save up with. Yeah. So knowing in Switzerland that there is money, we made the decision to move on there. And a long story short for about Switzerland is that I was working in a job where I didn't like it at all. I was a chef of the bar. That was great. You know, I was my own manager of the bar. It was very kitsch. So doesn't, you know, it doesn't really fit me. Yeah. And some things happened down there, but I realized this is just not me. I need to make a decision here. I'm going to quit. Not knowing the next job, but I'm going to quit. And I did. I quit. And the day that I quit, I came home. And my girlfriend was also there at the time. And because I was so much in this, also the spiritual part and assumption and stuff, like I, I realized, like, I, I need to make something happen. You know, I want to do this creative stuff. So I asked her, um, Eileen is her name. Eileen, um, can you grab a paper and a pen? I need to write something down. Maybe I was cooking or whatever. And I wrote down on this paper, I want to be a well-known videographer and this is the amount of money I want to earn. And I stick it on the wall like that. I go to the, um, to the kitchen and I grab a red teapot and I put it underneath. And I say to her, that's what's going to happen and that money will be in there. She looks at me, she laughs a bit, she giggles, you know. And the crazy thing, and I use my visualization, and every time I see this assumption, and I believe myself, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And unconscious, of course, also. Mm. And I think it was two weeks later, the chef of where my girlfriend worked started his own company in coffee, coffee roasting. And I met him for the first time. Hey, dude, what's up? Very nice guy. And he needed a video. And I started off, and he also started off, but he needed a video out of the none. You know, this just happened like that. I'm like, I should grab this now. So I tell to him, dude, I'm willing to make a video for you. You know, I ordered also my microphones and stuff already because of that paper. I'm willing to do it for free, I tell him. Um, But I want you as a coffee roaster, and I know you bring coffee to different hotels, to sell my ass as a videographer. Mm. And that's what he did. You see? And I got a client from him. Uh, built a website, made a video, all kinds of stuff. And after five months working in Zermatt, Switzerland, I did this job and some other video productions. I had two days before I left Zermatt, again on traveling, a comp- an, an comp- like the last meeting with my client to get paid also. And she throws the money on the table for me there you go bottle of champagne next to was great she loved it apparently um and i come home and i open the envelope and i count the money and i look at the paper what do you think (laughs) exactly the amount of money i wrote down a couple of months ago bro that's crazy yeah yeah, 
And what I want to say with this is that these assumptions are so powerful. I'm using the, this constantly now. I actually, I have another story here about in Chiang Mai, but this is such a powerful way of, I believe also the universe is reacting because we're all frequencies, of course, but also to, to really say to yourself, this is my dream and I'm going to make this happen no matter what, you know. So, yeah, by, by using this in, in anything, you know, even in a nice meeting with you. And I'm like, hey, man, this podcast, is just, we're going to do rock and roll, you know. I even did. I was like, you know, I did some visualization on the bed. I was like, oh, yeah, man, we, we're going to just have a good time. <laughs> like, I even saw your bearded face there, you know, in my dream. <laughs> we're going to kill this podcast, don't Yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's magical. It's magical what all Wow. Happens. Yeah. That is one of those moments that changes your entire mindset yeah. because it becomes tangible, so real that it's like, I said this and then I did this, you know, which is like just for your own reinforcement to, to know that you can do it is like three quarters of the battle. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? What is, yeah. Because to just, t- it was one of your first videos, you know, that you did for a client. You look back, the video is probably like not nearly, it, the as good quality as you can do now. You no, probably look back and you're like, that was terrible. Yeah, but yeah. just because you're willing to put yourself out there into the world, you realize people are much less critical than you assume and they appreciate the help. And this guy was so stoked to have you on board that he didn't, it's not like it has to be some crazy masterpiece that he was like, just stoked to have it. And then it just builds on there because you're willing to put that energy out kind of into the exactly. world, you know? And I think, so often, this is something I want to jump into, myself included in this category, just we make a lot of stuff but then hold on to it because we're insecure about it. How were you able to, from that first job, sort of have the confidence to sell your craft and the first paid gig, how were you able to determine the payment? I was scared, man. Oh my! You know the feeling that your body, your stomach just flips upside down like four times in a row yeah this is what i had i, I was so scared that you're gonna fuck up the project well that, everything yeah you know because who am i to ask for my service R- money right you know, i'm just a random dude with a camera right see so i was shit scared man and i know everybody was you you can't tell me even if you're freaking you know god or whatever like you can't tell me that. You were not scared when you started your business and you asked your first client for, to get paid for yourself. Yes. So, yeah, I was. How, but how did you do it? Trying, doing. You know, my my slogan is really action is reaction. That's, that's what it is. And and I did it, you know. And, and I was lucky enough that they directly, they were very nice people. Uh, they were a kind of family and... You know, they, they appreciate also that I was starting off. So they showed a lot of respect also for that. But I must say, I, I failed in a few things with this project. You know, I, bu- I built a website. I was not, I was not good in that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I can build a website, but it just takes like three times longer than a usual web designer. Right. But I still wanted to do it because I knew if I would, if I would do this right now, in two years time, I'm going to rock and roll about this, you know. So... That's where I, I constantly thought about, yes, you know, failing as hard as you can right now 
will help you so much in the long run. So much. So you might as well take action and do it. Because yeah. you only find out while doing. When did you know when to raise your prices? Mm. This is a hard question because... Especially, I think, being with with other creatives around me and talking. Also, a lot of research, though. I did a lot of research in online the market, in the market. I think I even sent it and uh, I asked like an, a videographer for an invoice for a, um, a wedding. Pretending that I... <laughs> <laughs> pretending that that's I had smart, a wedding. Dude, yeah, that's dude. really smart. Yeah, so I was just pretending like I'm going to marry. Yeah, how much, these people how much is it? Yeah. You know? That's really smart, yeah. dude. So, so there is ways to do it. So you know you what the market price is. Exactly. Kind of. So I knew what they did. The thing is only when you make something in Switzerland and you make now something in Asia, there's a difference, you see. So you, everywhere where I go, I need to kind of put down how much rent do I pay? How much does my gear cost? How much hours do I work? You know, and I have my own calculation where I, you know, I ask for, for, for money. But it's really depending, man. It's just, it's very hard sometimes with clients because, you know, when a client asks you, what should, how much will a video cost? Well, my first reaction is, do you want a Star Wars movie? Yeah. Or do you want a one minute promo movie? Right. You know, do you want animation? Or do you, so you got to just sit down with the person. That's what I always do. I always meet the person in real life because I want to look him straight in the eye and say, hey, what's up? You know, what do you want? What do you think about this idea? Throw it on the table, all put it together and then make a price. So I guess it's 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 finding out by, by, by doing and... Um, but also not being scared, you see, because we're too scared to ask for money. And you should not be, because you got to believe your own uniqueness. Because if you don't believe it, who does believe it? Yeah. I, you're making some sweet beats, man. Like today I was listening to Swimming and I was, I was, you know, it's amazing what you're doing. It's great. And I know you're putting yourself out there, but... And I know maybe music is, is hard, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of artists and a lot of people who make amazing so photography video though. Yeah, yeah. But being unique and confident in your own being and showing this to the people where you what can be potential clients is the key. One hundred percent. That's so inspiring because I spent the day trying to make a song for um uh, so a travel vlogger, and it went horribly. Like it just like turned out so shitty, and then you start to second guess yourself and all of that. So it's really um, inspiring to hear that, Ramon. Thank you. And I think a testament to your statement um, is that I've been making beats for so long, but just struggled with that insecurity of their quality that I haven't been able to make anything work with it except the past three months since I've been here and it's the first time that I was like just go for it dude and I've had so much progress in the past three months compared to the past six years seven years and it's not like listen I'm not like balling out of control or anything but just people's response to it strangers on the internet hitting you up being like hey can what's the deal with this just like you realize that there's enough demand that you don't 
you don't have to be the very, very best exactly. in the world. You know, I don't have to direct Star Wars. But what is best? You see, everybody has their own perspective, perspective of best. You see, yeah. because what for you is beautiful is not for another person. It's just, you know, the same what happened with, like, I went to Lao for location yeah. scouting. There was just one dude who found me through Upwork. I never had a job through Upwork, but he found me through, saw my videos, and said, "Dude, I love your style. I know you're in Chiang Mai. Can you make something happen in Lao?" It only takes one person, you know, who likes the way you're doing it. So, so, so you are the best in your own uniqueness, the best in your own person. This is, and 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 this is it. The confidence behind it. This is all what it what it takes. I think. And the practice, of and course. And the practice. Talk about that a little bit on, um, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, talk to me about now that you've been able to travel, sustain yourself with your with your videography, photography. Now, how do you balance doing work for clients and getting new clients and your own personal work? Yeah, it's different ways of finding clients, I guess. There's a lot. There's also a lot of luck. Um, but putting yourself out there in different ways is the way to go, I think. Maybe go to that meeting where is this gathering of people saying all the time, "Hey, I'm doing this." Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't need to be like, "Hey, I, I'm a videographer and oh, right, you know right. I make the sickest production." Yeah. No, just drop it a little bit there. I'm a, I make videos. That's it. And it just—it only takes one person who says, "Oh, wait a second, I just literally talked yesterday about I need some videos." So, you know, in a conversation or if you are with people, just strike up this this thing that what what you're actually doing, because it can be that this person just needed you just on the right time. Yeah. So that's one way, and and at the moment I am. There's just a lot of things happening, uh, and very unexpectedly. So I'm living very impulsive. Mm. I live literally like week by week, because I have no clue what happens next week. <laughs> literally, no. So I went, as I said before, I went to Lao for some location scouting, and hopefully there's coming a documentary later on this year. My biggest dream. I wrote this one down also as an assumption. We're doing the documentary. Yeah. And because of this. I think it, it even takes more of me to trust that the, it will come. It will come. You know, like, if I trust my own my own progress, cl- clients will see that. They will find my videos somehow and, you know, they will come along the way. And this is how I can travel, work, live, yeah, and enjoy. But my own projects, you know, I just started with this. Like, my vlogging. Yes. You know, my my third vlog now like completely new to it because i've always been on the other side of the camera i want to try it on the other side too dude i think i think you got a knack for it too i've i've stayed engaged for both of them so you're two for two yeah Um, man and so before i get you out of here i want to ask you a couple questions for kind of rapid fire things doesn't have to be super thought out but um questions i kind of like to ask everybody see where your mind is what is the best advice you've ever been given and what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Well, the best advice is I think that 
you you can think that you know where are we all doing it for but you might as well take the best chance and shoot for it mm. you know because without shooting you always miss right so it comes back to that but by living this life and and even shooting a different stuff where you never expected i want to go in an actor class <laughs> me as an actor but you know what i just want to try it yeah once just do it once and then you only know because without doing something trying. you will never find so try try freaking everything that's the best advice what i had and i don't even know from who i had it but somebody. i love that advice thank you yeah what's the worst advice you've ever been given Um, I guess that well, it's not really an advice, but more of an of an an advice in way of living. You know, and and an implanting of fear, mm -hmm. saying that hey, you've got to think about your future, or you've got to right. do this, you got to do this, you got to do. First of all. Who are you to tell me you got to do this? I am, of course, if I will be a child, yes, mama, papa, sister, whatever. Right. But right now, I'm, I mean, I'm 27. I think I'm a kind of adult. Who are you to say what I want to do? You know, I will never tell somebody like, hey, you have to do this or you have to do this. You can give advices, yeah. yes. So, yeah, I think that was the worst advice to, to say like, Dude, you got to do this because in the future, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm here right now, man. Exactly. The I'm, now, I'm yeah. here today. Okay. What about if I could give you a gazillion dollars, you can work on any project, work with any director, producer, actors. I say, Irmo, here's your production company, gazillion dollars with a stamp from Kia. Um, what would be a dream project for you? What does it look like? Who's involved? Where is it? What is it? I think that personally for me, I'm getting closer to this dream, but I, I would love to shoot a film one day, but I believe I'm more of a kind of person to keep it real. Mm. And I would love to really go deep in a subject Whereas, of course, beautiful nature, beautiful animals, but especially a story, what I can tell through my creativity and have an impact on people. Mm. Because my biggest dream of all is to have an impact on people. So if I can use my creativity to this, then yes. So it will be a documentary mm. or whatever. A nature documentary? Uh, no, people, for people. sure people. Okay. But th the nature is very close related to our people. And let's say you would take a tribe you know, in the Amazon or yeah. whatever, the nature comes automatically with it because they live one and one with nature. Right. So, you know, I, the, I am just the last month actually so much fascinated by the warrior instinct. Yeah. You see, and and every time this this tribe or the tribal instinct, you know, and to do something with this, I think uh, I would love to. Yeah. That would be an amazing film, I think, to capture the community and the heartbreak that comes with folks that are that are still in that lifestyle exactly. you know um and 
All right, and then to wrap things up, what are some films, documentaries, shows you've seen recently that you have been obsessed with or been like, wow, this was done really well and you'd highly recommend? It doesn't have to be like, what's your top film of all time, but what's some stuff that's that's you've either seen recently or not so recently that are just some things that you find really powerful that you could recommend to people? It's mm, always a hard question. Uh, I, I watch. I don't, I don't watch too many docs at the moment because I'm busy. Um, well, you know, I always like very local, local, uh, small docs. Mm. Mm, there's actually one. His name is Marco. He made one about you saw it maybe even about Muay Thai, dude. You see. I, I, I reached out to him. I told him. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. I reached out. I said, dude, this shit is dope. Exactly. You see, and this is what I like, the style, the, the whole uh, image around it. So, yes, I can say a very big name, of course. I yeah. love these guys too. But I rather, you know, have a little bit closer to my level and respect these boys because, you know, they don't have that budget. They don't have maybe that crazy gear. They don't have the whole team behind, but they still make these crazy productions. Yeah, so big shout out to, to yeah to to Marco. He's, he did a great job. Yeah, Word. dude. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you. you on. Thank you so much for coming through and, and dropping some knowledge on folks. Um, for for people that want to see your stuff, maybe hire you. It's not like I've got a million followers, but I'm sure people would love to check it out. Where can they see your stuff and and check out the vlogs and see follow your life? So I'm actually in the middle of the progress to change my company name. Uh, it's over Fear Media now. But it's going to be soon ermoeckbert.com. So just my name. To keep it emotional, keep to keep it, it transparent. Yes, you know I like what I mean? That. The brand, you are the brand. Exactly, exactly. Is it on that through Instagram? That's the Twitter, that's the YouTube, yeah. that's all of it? That will be everything, 100%. Cool. So at the moment, it's still over fear. Instagram is over fear. Uh, I'll link it. I can link it so okay, I can media. click it directly. Uh, sweet, yeah. Uh, and also over fear.com. And soon it will be ermoeckbert.com. Armaic puts on Instagram, just my name. That's perfect. All right, well, folks, you heard it here first. Check this man out. Check out this uh, this blue-eyed bandit, his stuff. He shoots a really cool style. He's done some awesome profiles that I saw recently, actually, of different folks, travelers and stuff. So um, also, if you happen to be local and you need some stuff done, drop, drop my man a line. Irmo, my man. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Catch you next time. Peace. Peace.